No, real quick. I bored no, dude, don't threaten me when we're talking about this stuff. I will fuck you up, Ashton. Don't say one more thing about that. No, just shut your mouth right now, Ashton. I'm warning you. That's your. This is your last warning. Don't talk about me, dude. No, seriously. Oh, all right, Chaz Smith, welcome back to the Grit for April twenty third, two thousand and eighteen. So good to be here. Where is here? We are sitting in the middle of the most beautiful surfboard showroom on the face of the earth, Album Surfboards in San Clemente, California. Beautiful, and it seems to be thriving, too. It does. It seems to be one of the few surf businesses that uh, I see thriving. What do you attest it to, the success? I think that Matt from Album has a fantastic eye. I don't know. Yeah, I think he really understands beauty, to be quite to be quite frank. And so coming in here, you're almost overwhelmed by, by a sense of just like perfectly done aesthetics. Yes. Which is hard to shake. I thought you were going to say you were attributing it to Matt and his charisma and kind heartedness. Also that. Yes. Also those things. But no, I would never buy something from somebody if they were purely charismatic and kind hearted. It's a good point, but I think that it still has a lot of value in a retail space. Sure. Like you walk in and if the person is nice and they remember your name and what you rode last time or whatever that has relevance and that's not available on amazon.com. Nope. nope. Yeah. But in regard to the aesthetic that you're talking about, um, we were just talking with Matt about a collab project he's doing with graphic designer, David Carson. So he showed us a couple of those boards. They're doing a limited run of three boards, um, that are just really rad collab with David's artwork on it and Matt's boards, of course. And then Matt, in addition to Album Surf, he has um, a glassing facility that he co-owns called Lights Out that is amazing. They do like A-plus glass jobs, so that's where that work was done. So, really rad stuff, dude. Fantastic. What He, he uh, also showed us real quick. Uh, sorry, I got distracted there. He also showed us uh, <laughs> two boards he had shaped for Philippe Toledo, which look absolutely incredible. I'm sure we'll see Philippe on those in coming months. Excited about that. Web edits. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me wonder, we should actually ask Matt, uh, obviously Felipe rides sharp eye surfboards traditionally mm-hmm. in surf contests. You look at s- some of the most successful relationships in surfing, Kelly Slater and Al Merrick, right? 20 plus years, 11 world titles riding those boards, John John and John Pizel. Those are super long-term um, successful relationships, but if you're not going to do that, if you don't maybe have that since you were a child, I wonder what the value is to committing to one shaper for, you know, like signing a contract and just getting exclusively boards from that shaper. Maybe just consistency. I mean, knowing that having a general ball, ballpark of this board will, I can guarantee this will perform somewhere between here and here and not having it be just like wide open. Except right? what if it doesn't? And yeah. you're just locked in trying to make a fit. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I would imagine that where you sacrifice maybe like getting something super amazing, you'll never get something super horrible, right? Where if you're yeah, if you're bouncing around and you're willing to risk that I may get something that just flat out doesn't work, uh, but I may get something totally awesome. I would imagine most CT surfers want consistency more yeah. than anything else. That's true. I just suppose you're leaving... Um, you're not allowing room for the potential of like greatness and a magic board, you know, if you're for just sure. locked into this, like Jordy now is writing a bunch of different boards. Um, and I remember when Dane was at the top of his game and he was on all the CIs, 
he was, I heard through the grapevine that he was ordering boards from other shapers and then just asking them not to put their laminate on it. And he would go ahead and like put a CI sticker on the board to maintain his obligation to the contract, but still allow him to just explore those things. I thought it was interesting. Uh, the boards that Philippe has here, one's, uh, and, asymmetrical board and the other one is a fish where I wonder if, you know, somebody like sharp eye, that's not what yeah. he shapes anyway. So it's like, Oh yeah, go. I mean, not that he would maybe even care to begin with, but something like that where you're getting a board that's completely different from what your shaper does. Right. Is a okay. Maybe. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm curious to see how Jordy does this year, mixing it up. Yeah. Cause to your point, I also agree. Like there's almost, there's almost too many variables now that you're dealing with that it makes it even more complicated. It might be better just to focus on something. But still, just go on the safe route. It's, it's a way to live a boring life right there. Yeah, that's true. Stinking Jordy. Stupid Jordy. Um, <laughs> you were on the East Coast. I was. I was in New Jersey. I just got back Ooh. from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Nice. Yeah, fantastic. What's going on out there? Uh, Beach Grit, we were doing a little uh, wetsuit video out there so showcasing six different brands uh fun little hopefully it'll come out well a little skit and had a great great time with a great surfer the surfer in the bit is named tommy Ticklehands, his last name okay it's something like Ticklehands. <laughs> that's his instagram account isn't uh, it? His, his instagram is mr Ticklehands. Yeah, yeah but fantastic fantastic kid and yeah it was it was uh you know, it was eye-opening, quite frankly, for me to see um, just the new the New Jersey surf scene and how it is, and and it made me uh, it made me sad for my for myself that I don't have a Jersey surf scene of my own. Really? Yeah. What about it? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I was just at a wedding. Um, I don't think we talked about it on air. I was in a wedding in Arizona. It was we a were, we recorded the day before you drove out. Okay, there, or the day you drove out. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So at that wedding, it was a it was a professional skateboarder who was getting married. And at the toast time of the wedding, all his buddies got up and were talking about, oh, or one, I mean, they were all talking about what skateboarding had done for their friend group and how, you know, they all just kicked around as kids and blah, blah, blah. And one of them at some point said, it's skateboarding that really brought us together, right? And it's skateboarding that kept us together and it's skateboarding while, why we're all here. And I was sitting in the back wiping the tears from my eyes thinking, well, dang, surfing doesn't have anything like that. I mean, you know, I don't have a surf friend community. I don't surf with other people. If I see somebody in the water, that's fine. But I, I rarely or never go surfing with somebody, right? I never meet up and all this kind of stuff. And I just thought that that was a thing about surfing, that surfing is essentially selfish. You can go surfing with other people, but that's, you know, only ever kind of an accident until I went to New Jersey and realized, no, Southern California is just so easy and soft that you don't need a core group. You just do what you want. Whereas New Jersey, those kids, I mean, that whole community, that whole scene was absolutely epic to me. That's where, that's where the true heart of surfing is beating right now is Asbury park, New Jersey, where you have these, you know, everything from like, I went out to dinner with an amazing, uh, professor. His name is Charles who also Charles Mansell, I think is his last name. Who's also shaped surfboards out yes. there. Uh, I see him on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you have him, you have, uh, you know, kids who are uh, like Tommy is a pro surfer, but also fully hustles upholstery gigs and stuff, running mm-hmm. into Manhattan to pick up couches, to bring back to for whatever, all this stuff. Everybody seems like they're hustling nonstop. And in between hustling nonstop, they're willing at the drop of a hat to drive 24 hours up to Nova Scotia to try to score some weird slab that's going to pop up for an hour and a half. And 
you know, they, they were telling me stories of driving for 24 hours, getting somewhere and it's not working and you get in your car and you drive 24 hours back. And that kind of just commitment to, to the thing to me is, yeah, it was, it was completely refreshing to see and experience. They're also braving elements. Oh my goodness. Frigid cold and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous what they do. And yeah, it gave me not only an appreciation for them, but knowing that around this country and, and around the surf world, there is pockets, I think of these core surf communities that it's just different. It's different than here. You know, it's just too easy here. It is too easy here. I think, um, having to work for something makes you appreciate it more period. Yep. And we've, we've kind of put ourselves in a position where we thought we were doing ourselves a favor by like, Hey, let's live near the beach where it's warm and there's always waves and all that. And then you slowly lose your passion for it. I, compl- I mean, and I just think of how many times I've gone down, you know, look out the front and it's breaking and mm, it's okay. And then look down and it's breaking and like not even be willing to, to move like, eight feet right. where, you know, these guys are yeah going anywhere they can drive. The funny thing is like, I always think of Hawaii with that example too, where it's like, they call it flat and it's three foot and it, it looks so fun. It's better than my best day at home and nobody's out because it's flat. Yep. You know? So, um, yeah, that's interesting. So the idea or the concept that you were there to write an article on or shoot a video on shoot it's a video shoot a yep, video it'll be a it'll be a piece was the seed of that planted on this show with the wetsuit exactly that's so what? okay exactly that was it was supposed to be and it turned into something else but that yeah this is the ba- you know bastardized version of that i'm really glad that you're actually following through with it because listeners i literally i didn't even know that's why you were there but a listener emailed the other day about it and they were like hey man you guys should really do like the wetsuit kind of analysis of what is objectively the most flexible the warmest and i was like yeah we did say that we would do that and it's a great idea but i don't have the time and energy like and i don't surf enough to really put things through their paces um so i'm glad that you're doing it yeah so be part it'll be part that yeah okay yeah it won't be it What's probably won't part? it probably won't be as objective as people want though if one suit totally blows out then i will we will be happily objective about that. There was actually no, you know, we, New Jersey had been pumping all month. Of course, the day we arrived, nothing, but apparently a swell is supposed to be coming in next week or I'm, this is Monday today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Swell is supposed to be coming in this week. So all the surfing will happen this week. Okay, cool. Um, we're, you're going to the boardroom show May 5th and 6th. I've got a booth there. I'm setting up just a lineup of, past show guests to do meet and greets with listeners super informal just casual i got a couple of sofas actually i need to mention it from a business right down the street um sc furniture south coast furniture now sc furniture for san clemente but one of the longest running businesses in san clemente been there since the 50s third generation is running it now he's a listener of the show and he reached out he's like dude i'll donate a couple of sofas for you to borrow for the weekend fantastic so i went by there last week and uh settled that how did you pick how did you pick up the couches well i'm gonna u-haul them okay yeah they're still there now but the weekend of i'm gonna u-haul them um, but great business, really generous donation and yeah, sofas in the booth. I've got a bunch of stickers. I've got t-shirts printed. Chaz is going to come by with books to sign. Uh, welcome to paradise. Now go to hell. If you already have a copy, bring it. He'll sign your copy. If you want a copy, buy one on the spot. He'll sign it for you. And he'll be in the booth Saturday, May 5th from 11 to one alongside 
our favorite Devin Dev. fucking Howard. Devin Howard. Devin Howard. The great egg debate continues. <laughs> oh, you can come catch it in person. You can bring family, by the way. Oh, sure. Like bring your kids, Is hang it a, out. It's super cool. An all ages event. Yeah, all ages. Nice. They have shaping competitions. Tons. Every, I mean, Maurice Cole, like every shaper you've ever heard of will be there. Is it at the uh, Del Mar Fairgrounds? Yeah. Is that where it's at? Yeah. Fantastic. They have um, a bunch of different buildings, mm-hmm. but once you show up at the gate, tell them where you're going, they'll direct you. So it's Can super fun. Excited. Super fun. Um, are you feeling any better about surfing at this point in your life? You've been super grumpy because you've been out of the water for so long with your injuries. Completely. But I, uh, I'll tell you, New Jersey cured me of, really? of the grouch. Yeah. I was okay. the first time, first time since I've been out of the water and it was funny there. I mean, there was no real waves, but a little, you know, one foot, little swell came, came up in the water. Of course, in New Jersey, I have no idea how, I think it was still like 39 degrees or yeah. something, something ungodly. Uh, but standing there on the boardwalk in Asbury park, just steps away from the stone pony where Springsteen first sprung into the American imagination and watching these little one foot windswell waves come in. It was the first time that I, thought, I want to go surfing again. So, yeah, it's amazing. Surfing is your savior. Like I, I feel like, um, all those things that you just said are so cheesy and yeah. anti-Chaz. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's the guy that you make fun of. I should and make fun of that exactly guy. And it's exactly what rescued you yep. from your malaise. So true. I'm Shocking. back. I'm back. Okay, well, I'm glad. Did the, does that mean you watched any of the Margaret River comp? Fuck no. <laughs> just kidding. I did. I, I, watched, uh, I watched a few heats. I, was, uh, I mean, I would have watched, thing is, with the Margaret River comp, I would have watched it had the WSL not totally caved like giant sissies and canceled the damn thing. All right, let's do it. The sissiest move of all time. I'm going to put that down as the, yeah, the biggest sport sissy move ever. Okay, so the WSL canceled the Margaret River Pro. Round three of the men's was about to begin. The quarterfinals of the women's um, due to what they called kind of unusual shark behavior in the area. Obviously there was two attacks on one day, one of the lay days of the event. Um, Whales had been beaching themselves and then the salmon were running. I think those were the main events. Question to you is, are those actually unusual events for West Oz? Are those out of the ordinary? No, I mean, and I'll say that usually, you know, maybe it was a little more extreme, of course. Like I, I wasn't there and I don't yeah. live there, so I don't know. But uh, maybe there was more, but that is Western Australia. And they know full of the salmon don't change their running patterns year to year. Like mm, this year we're going to run in, you know, let's right. just do it in April. Like that's when salmon run. That's right. when they hold the event. Like they know that if they don't want that to do it then, then whole, I mean, Western Australia gets pumping waves i mean i don't know all year but much of the year you have it there anytime you want so the question then to you is why did they cancel the event uh so i read a and wrote this morning already uh a piece on a western australian um journalist is placing all the blame on gabriel medina's shoulders saying that gabriel medina single-handedly more or less pushed out and got the events event canceled so because it's not where he does well and so competitive advantage um yeah in real life though i think that i have no idea i mean of course the the pool is the future of yeah. surfing uh sean doherty i read a piece maybe in surfer i i can't remember where i read it where that was his general analysis is that 
you know, the, the ocean is, is no longer the business model. It's, it's the pool. And so moving from the ocean to the pool is just natural and, and making the, he didn't say this, but I guess along that same line, making the ocean look dangerous and not where you want to be and a pool look inviting and where you want to be is of course, I guess, theoretically a bonus, but I don't think that WSL is that, um, nefarious. Yeah. I don't think they're that nefarious and I don't think they're that kind of plotting. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any real plan. I think they have the pool and they're excited about the pool. They have the tour and they're trying to make the tour viable. I think they'll like, I think it is essentially and will become eventually a loss leader for selling pools. Sure. Um, but I think at this point they're, they're still trying to make it a viable business. I don't think they've, I years ago, I think I kicked out, you know, or I think a lot of us jerks, uh, think the tour is never going to make money because the only people who watch surfing are surfers. And there's honestly 350 of us and two of them just got eaten in Western Australia. So now there's 348 of us. Right. Uh, where there's there's not a business model, but I think I don't think the w, WSL thinks that yet. I think the WSL still thinks that they can make they can package surfing in such a way that non-surfers will watch. Do you think the WSL thought that their competitors would get eaten by a shark if they continued to run the event? I think they probably. So I think it was Sean Doherty again. Sean Doherty Heaven Show or Heavy Show right here. Uh, I think Sean, Sean Doherty said um, that if somebody got uh, bumped at or what, what was it? It was, it was something like it was either the event or the whole WSL that if somebody got chomped at, at Margaret river, that not only would the WSL event get canceled, professional surfing would get canceled altogether. Yeah. I totally disagree with that. I think, Oh, of course there would have been a massive media rush around it. Right. I mean, even let's say one of the competitors died, uh, competitors die all the time in other sports. Right. I mean, downhill skiing, um, I mean, any football, you could name almost any sport. I'm sure somebody's had a massive heart attack on the, you know, playing tennis and boxers. Yeah, died. exactly. Yeah. And so death does not cancel sport. Uh, and if somebody would have died or even, you know, or gotten bit, there would have been, a, of course, a massive media blanket coverage of the thing. And then just like Mick Fanning and Jay Bay are just like anything else, everybody would have moved on. Nobody would have expected, okay, professional surfing cannot happen if somebody, if somebody dies. And as everybody moves on though, it elevates the profile of the sport. Totally. You, yeah. you would, you would get people, uh, theoretically to tune in who otherwise wouldn't have known that it was even happening. And it becomes a more badass sport. Yeah, it's for just sure. like, holy cow, that's legit. Those guys are among the most, you know, brave athletes in the world, which is exactly why they should have paddled him out again, I think. And why, so I think Gabriel Medina looks bad in this whole thing. Not because, um, I don't think he really is a, is a sissy, right? I think that, you know, I mean, he's paddling into, he, he, he's not afraid of paddling into bombs at Chopu and stuff like that. I mean, he's, I mean, do you think Gabby's a, a sis? I wouldn't call him a sis, but I do think he, um, wants to control as many variables as possible. I think he's a tactician. So if you remember, he was yeah he didn't want to go back to jay bay yep. after mick fanning shark attack they went back there mick won the event he was the most vocal guy about not paddling out in west oz an event that you mentioned he hasn't done well at in the past so i think i guess what my question is is should the athletes even have a say hell no a they shouldn't hell right? hell no a and b if they are having a say i mean yeah Hell no. I will just Period. stop it there. It's done. It's weird. It's kind of weird. I didn't really think of it as weird up until this. I thought it was normal that it's like, oh, they hold a meeting and take a vote about things. 
I got to the point where it's just like, that's putting a little too much um, of your own company's, I don't know, direction in the hands of, there's too many cooks in the kitchen at this point. They're all gonna have different opinions. Somebody, and it also makes you look weak as the commissioner or as the organizing body. Yes, just to, you need to be the expert. You need to be the authority. You need to dictate what the athletes do and where they do it. And if you've decided you're gonna put them in West Oz, which we all know is Sharky, which we all know the salmon run at this time of year, then force them to get out there. And then take the spin of, you guys are badasses and you're gonna brave the elements of the ocean. Couldn't have said it better myself. And if you want to have a conversation about it after the season is done, then of course, invite all the surfers. I mean, you know, in NBA and NFL and all that, they all have, they have, player input but they don't have player input mid-game it's not like right. uh-oh it's too cold out here we started the game let's get all the players together and discuss maybe they, maybe they do do that actually but i've never heard of that well if gabriel at that point then decides well i'm not going to paddle out there and surf that's fine don't with paddle me. out then don't and let the internet call him a puss the, kelly doesn't paddle out at rio for the last few years and that's fine too you know the damn problem with gabriel i think is uh i think he won maybe the battle but lost another war in terms of his image where if I'm Gabriel Medina and I know the entire internet thinks I'm a giant wussy, uh, when Margaret river came around, I would use that as my time to say, I'm battling out no matter what I'm going out there and just risk it, right? Go out there and you're not going to get eaten by a shark. I mean, we're still the, the odds are still so wickedly low. And even the odds there, I'm sure would be, you know, amazingly low for the the actual chance. And that, I mean, the thing I read too is that the WSL, it just seemed really inept the way it was dealt with. Like Western Australia, I think, you know, bent over backwards to, to figure out how to get helicopters and drones and yeah. s- extra skis and boats and everything. Like they met, I think the WSL put a requirement on like, hey, this is what we need. And then they, you know, the state did that. And then the WSL said, oh, sorry, this is still too sharky. Where, I mean, you know, I wrote on Beach Grit, it had to be the worst uh, PR spend in history. Yeah. Like it's the tourism board basically of Western Australia who is, who pays to put the event on. Not only does the event get canceled. Uh, I mean, how many people, you know, w- won't want to swim now when they go to Western Australia or won't, you know, Oh, we, we wanted to go on a nice beachy vacation, but I'm not going to go somewhere where I, I'm afraid my kid is going to get eaten by a shark where, and the, the WSL, I think really piled on there or just finish the damn event for pity's sake. Like, yeah. and if, and, Take it. If somebody gets nipped, then everybody's fired. Karen, you're out. Everybody's out. You made a bad decision, or it wasn't a bad decision, but you made a decision with a consequence. But I think this way it allowed them to make a a poor decision and then also keep their jobs. Right? Like they made a safe decision that was not good for the surfers, not good for if you want to call professional surfing a sport, not good for the sport, not good for the region, not good for anybody. So you did the one decision that's good for nobody. Right. Well. Phone's ringing, by the way. We're at Album. That's where that phone is. Beautiful showroom. Um, so, Tajboro, I, while I don't want the surfers to have any influence over whether the, dis, the contest runs or not, I am very curious about what they think about canceling the contest, right? And it seemed pretty mixed. Yep. I wanted there, basically, I wanted, uh, just as a viewer, I wanted, and a crit, critic, I wanted the vast majority of the pro surfers to be like, lame decision we wanted to surf it you know like this was so lame it seemed to be 50 50 but what i did notice was people who are from that region generally said 
this is a lame decision. Yeah, who cares? I'm from this region. Kale Walsh, Taj Burrow, guys yep. like that are like, no, dude, there was no real threat. Specifically, Taj Burrow said the cancellation was devastating and, and silly. I just think the risk is so minimal. Probably the waves they surfed on the first day of the event were a lot riskier than the possibility of the shark attack. It's obviously safer in the competitor area because they've got a few options of spotting shark sharks. It's very well monitored. Completely. End quote. So to kind of what you were saying, when they went back to J-Bay, they put spotters in place, drones tracking the lineup, so much so that they actually spotted a shark, called off the event temporarily, let the shark pass through the lineup, and then called on the event. Well, that, I mean, and that was a very confusing part for me of, of why they canceled the entire event. You have these two hits, right? Which is, which I get it. It's scary, whatever. Can't call it off for two days. Like go on a two-day little hold. You, they still had tons of the waiting period left, and there was. I don't, I don't know what the swell forecast was, but there's always... Terrible. Oh, no, it was? That's, that was going to be my next question. Okay. It was onshore, small, sloppy, you, almost unsurfable. Doesn't matter, though. You've got to finish it off. You, you, but you, does that factor into why they canceled? If I, it was going to be pumping A-plus surf, might they consider sticking around? Maybe. But I, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I, think that, I think they're... And I don't know why they're so gun-shy after the Mick thing. Like... The Mick Fanning incident was the biggest thing the WSL ever did, right? That thing got yeah. more views, more yeah. anything than anything they'd ever done. And I know that, of course, uh, you're getting a rubbernecker. You're not getting a core fan. Sure. But I've got to figure that a couple of those rubberneckers stuck around and were interested in what was happening with surfing moving forward. Totally. And again, as you said, the narrative of surfers being badasses and sending them out into this arena where there's they're fighting against not only giant waves and each other, but great whites circle below. It's a, it's it's a narrative huge. that sells itself. And to send them from there to Rio to the pool, or I guess, no, I'm sorry, they go from there to the pool because of the Founders Cup, which isn't a real event, but that's where you know, the videos we see will be coming next from a pool Yeah, is, and then Rio is again, I just think points more to the ineptitude of the WSL than anything else. I think it points to kind of corporate interests taking over their original core value. But who would, who is the corporate interest involved? Well, the WSL's legal team and Dirk Ziff, I don't think are surfers and they're looking out, they're looking to protect the corporation and it's a liability to have somebody get killed on the playing field. But do you think if a surfer got chomped, would he, I mean, could he sue? Like, do you think that, or do you think I there's I would imagine a, there's something in their contract that says they're, you know, that they want it. Yeah. But they still probably would try to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you, you just know the way lawyers work. Yeah. They're going to tell you to err on the side of caution at all turns, yeah. you know? So that's what I think this reveals is like kind of a, growing of the WSL to a point where they're going to start making these decisions where legal conflicts with core value. I mean, okay. Do you think next year though, like if now that they've shown, I think that they're basically spineless, uh, will J Bay in future years, are J Bay and Western Australia both gone? J Bay, uh, West Oz would be gone before J Bay. Of course. So do you think, uh, oh, well, Joe West, West Oz is gone next year. You I think, think so for sure. I know. I wonder that too. Well, I, and well, I can't, we already talked about it being bloated in Australia anyway. So you already got three of two events in addition to this. The damn, this. the damn bummer is that's for me, that's my favorite Western or yeah. that's my favorite Australian event. And yeah. so you're taking away the best one, uh, which is, is what it is, I guess. But yeah, I don't see him coming back. I, uh, frankly, I can't see if I was the government in Western Australia, I would say, get the fuck out of here. If after this, you made it, not only did you make us look bad, you made us look horrible. 
And so we don't need that. You know, we can do that on our own. I will say all of those marketing efforts up until this um, were very effective for me. Of course. It's the one stop around the world that I would, that would be my number one pick of places to go. It is fantastic, I'll say, from experience. I've been there for the event. And really? it's, yeah, yeah, it wasn't CT then. It was a six star, whatever, the oh, yeah. Drug Aware Pro. Yeah. Um, but it was amazing, right? All the towns are amazing. The wine country part that you would love, the wine country yeah. part is kangaroos everywhere. It's, you know, beautiful land, water's amazing. I mean, the whole thing was, you can't, I can't use enough superlatives to describe Western Australia. So that's why, again, to get, if you're Western Australia and you get a black eye from that stinking WSL, yeah. how, how rage-filled would you be at the WSL? I mean, I think what's going to be weird is um, the commentators are not going to really talk about this moving forward. It's oh, no. not like they're going to show up at the Founders Cup and reference all the shark activity that we just, even though it's a huge talking point. We, we will never hear. We, I think they won't reference it no, at all. They won't. But as a, they could have taken the path that you and I are talking about, which is prior to the event, brand it as the bravest sporting event of all time. Coming out of this now, they could even spin it as so, it was so sharky, we had to cancel the event because yeah. our competitors were, you know what I mean? But they won't, they won't, no, they they won't. won't mention it. The, the bummer is too, I mean, bummer on top of bummer is all those dang points. I mean, I know, I know that it's just a, it's silly. It is a, it's, it's gonna make, I think, I mean, I think I, claim that every season there might be an asterisk on the eventual winner this one though for sure the fact that they did what they did whoever wins this year unless it's john john florence i guess uh, which it won't be yeah i know he's da- he's down down he is yeah. 225th so now an equal 17 so if gabe wins this year particularly then yeah. i think there's a giant asterisk by gabe's like gabe won a title by by crying is what what the narrative will be and and one of the events that you used was in a wave pool also. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Josh in Perth sent an email and he said, in the past two decades, there's been 57 shark attacks in the whole of Western Australia, nine attacks in the Margaret River Southwest area. Four of those attacks have been fatal and in, with one in Margaret River and one in Gracetown, which is where North Point is. Out of those 57 shark attacks, only 19 were surfers. On March 23rd, there was 150 pilot whales, like the one that beached itself at the left-hander beach in Margs, uh, that beached themselves in Hamelin Bay, 21 miles south of Margaret's. I think that only 15 of them uh, were saved. So this would have immediately increased the amount of sharks in the greater area with a heightened activity and the smell of dead whales in the water. This is, I believe, a very unique circumstance or a perfect storm, if you will. The WSL could have saved a little face and preserved some of the Western Australia tourism by just pointing out a few of the things in the area that were going on. It would have been enough for the rest of the world to swallow and perhaps not potentially boycott Western Australia, especially the Southwest, uh, with fears that they might see a shark speeding down the highway on a killing frenzy. If you're a Western Australia um, local, are you happy that the WSL is gone or are you bummed? If your business is dependent upon tourism, you're bummed. If you're just a local surfer, you're happy. Yeah. Because it, it eliminates a lot of potential future surfers that just come through for the weekend. I would, I, I would think it would, it would eliminate any surf contest moving forward for the next at least few years. It's crazy. That event's been running since the 80s. It's, I know. It, whether it was a CT or a QS, it's been a long running event. It's yeah. Uh, it's to me it's a it's a real disaster and a and a very large ugly ugly blot on the WSL's pages. Um, 
Did you see the Jake Patterson video of Jesse Mendez versus Mikey Wright in the parking lot? I sure did. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I can't. So I had read that, uh, and I don't know that this is true. Maybe you know that the WSL was going to fine or there was some going to be some punitive damages for both Jesse and um, Mikey for that incident. Is that true? I have no idea. If that's true, then I think that it's like the WSL is doubly wrong. If that's not true, I thought the incident was just funny and fine, right? It's two surfers having to go. The funniest part I thought was that uh, Jesse kept trying to hit Mikey with the, the nose of his board, which I don't know that I've ever seen nose board slaps given on purpose. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get you with my nose. I'm going to get a you again. It was no, a slap. It was a slap. Yeah. He slapped his arm. Yeah. I slap you. Um, it's weird how all of Quicksilver's marketing around Mikey makes him look like he's a mongrel and a badass. And he was getting punked by Jesse. Like he wasn't even defending himself. I'll totally say though, he looked like the paw. I don't, I don't know what they were saying. I don't even know what the, I think, uh, didn't Jesse feel he got back paddled or something yes. by Mikey. That's the original thing. Uh, Mikey's posture, at least in the video, he totally looked like he was given hell though. That's the thing I'll say. He, he was shoulders back stepping into Jesse and it looked like he didn't, wasn't about or didn't want to fight. But it didn't look like he was, he was definitely not a wilting flower from, from my detailed yeah, impression well, of Jesse human behavior. pushed him. Sure. But just because, it, but he was still standing there and he kept going yeah. at Jesse, right? He kept ste taking yeah. steps towards Jesse and not in the necessarily, I'm going to punch you kind of way, but like he, he w wasn't backing down at all. He wasn't backing down, but Jesse was definitely the instigator. Jesse was the instigator, but I, I was more impressed quite frankly by, I thought Mikey handled himself super well as somebody who is a hothead and would have thrown a wildly out of control haymaker uh, and then probably getting been punched to the ground. Uh, I think that I thought Mikey looked really good. I thought he looked tough and good. Yeah. I didn't think Mikey uh, looked like a wimp. I, my impression of it was Mikey had like, he surfed two amazing waves better than Jesse. Jesse couldn't get anything out there. And Mikey's just looking at him going, you whiny little bitch. Yeah. Who cares? Push me all you want. Like, we'll just let our surfing do the talking or I'm not even going to engage in this debate with you because F you. That's the you way know? it seemed. I mean, e even if I recall when Jesse f at, at some point walked away and Mikey, I feel took a couple steps forward still and kept, or it appeared he was continuing to shout whatever he was at Jesse. So, yeah. well, Jake uh, Patterson, who is, been part of the Quicksilver coaching team for a long time, and uh, he's coaching currently, I think, Kanoa Igarashi. Um, I don't know how involved he is with Jesse Mendez or Mikey Wright from a coaching standpoint. I think he's coaching Zeke too, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I know he's done coaching with Griffin mm -hmm. as well, Colapinto, even though Griff's got a different sponsor. Um, but Jake was the one who filmed this footage of both the waves and then the confrontation and posted it on Instagram. He later deleted the post and posted an apology post. Whoa, have you not seen this? I uh, know. So his apology post says, I have taken my last post down due to all the aggressive comments. Sorry, Jesse Mendez and Mikey Wright. It wasn't my intentions. Kelly Slater left a comment saying your previous post didn't cause anything except for people to show their true colors. Some ridiculous and funny commentary. I think Thomas Victor Carroll had the best take on the illusion of it all. Which was what? Tom Carroll said, humans, a wave breaks. We all try on ownership of it uh, for a few moments. Then the wave disappears into the shoreline and we are left behaving like children. One elongated Seinfeld episode ensues. Wow, who knew that Thomas Victor was a poet? Yeah. 
Yeah, 356 likes. We all know that his brother, Nick Carroll, is a poet. That's true. But Thomas Victor really hit it out of the park on that one. Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Um. I kind of abbreviated it because there was some oh. less poetic parts. <laughs> there were some unnecessary words and some wrong words, but I made it simple. Um, what do you think? I mean, couple. I have a couple of questions for you. What do you think of, first of all, Snake taking down the original post? I mean, that's a bummer, but I totally, I guess I understand. Like, it's that's the thing. I think Snake, uh, I don't know him at all. He seems like he's totally cool with handling the heat, right? I mean, he's, I he, so, he's yeah. been in trouble like vague trouble, I think a lot, or I've, I remember, you know, getting in trouble for betting beers or whatever on the event. He seems like he takes his licks pretty good. See, yeah. He's a tough guy. He doesn't seem bothered by stuff. like. But that. I could, I could totally see though, where that he was putting two other people out there, not himself. Right. I mean, if it was a video of himself sure. pushing somebody, I could see, you know, I could, I, 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 I sorry for stuttering, uh, understand his thing. Like, okay, this is two, these are two guys who are not me. Right. I would have left it up because I'm a surf journalist <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and, that, and that's my job, uh, but it's not his job. And so I could see why he took it, took it down. Well, I pilfered the footage before he deleted it. So I've got it on our website with this episode. Fantastic. Surf I think, I think most people, I mean, it's already gone. I'd seen the video. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know he was the one who posted it. I'd yeah. seen it so many other places. So, yeah. So what I thought, I mean, my, my initial impression of this was um, in regard to him as a coach and kind of what are your responsibilities as a coach? I didn't think he was wrong for posting it. I, I think he didn't need to delete it. You know, like by all means, leave it up there. It wasn't even that big of a deal. No, like it wasn't. Neither of those guys even looked that bad in the exchange. I think I, it elevated both their profiles. I, I didn't see any harm in any of it. When I read about it first too, I, I had an impression about what it was going to be. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, what? Minor. What is this? Minor. Yeah. Like, and, and to be honest, serves the WSL well, made me more engaged in the event. I now wanted to watch both those guys' heats. I was hoping they'd come up against completely. one another in the event. Like it only, all of these backstories behind the scenes elevate the contest itself. Well, and to me, that that parking lot exchange is surfing. I mean, how yeah. 
yes. many of those have you seen, right? Like so many, which nine times out of 10 end exactly that way, right? The two yes. guys get in each other's faces, then they walk away. Uh, and that's it. Like rarely are boards thrown down and, you know, groin kicks happening. I mean, which wasn't going to happen there. But real quick with Snake too, I think I'm going to call this, I don't know what real year this is in the Chinese calendar, but I'm going to call this the year of the snake. After Zeke Lau and uh, Mikey Wright's thing, I think uh, Jake Patterson, I'm going to put, is the best surf coach in the entire world. I'm glad that you said that because that is the bigger picture that I was going to uh, ask you about. I feel like all the other coaches on tour try to play kind of a more passive role and allow the surfer to just shine and do it. I, I feel like Ross Williams role, um, Ma, Glenn micro halls role, Chris Gallagher's role with Jordy is all to strip away some of the stressors that surround professional surfing and maybe just calm down the pro surfers and allow them to do their best surfing sure. possible. Jake, I feel has a completely different strategy and Jake is all about kind of imposing his Jakeness on these guys. And like, hey, Zeke, you're not tough enough. Paddle circles around those guys. Hey, you guys fighting in the parking lot? This is, let's blow this up there and elevate the aggression. Because you know what? If Mikey has this persona, or either of you guys have a persona of being hasslers, that's going to serve you well next time you paddle out. You're already in their head Comple based on something that happened in the internet. Completely. I mean, I think professional surfing, and especially at the CT level, is treated like a sport, right? To me, Jake is the only one actually coaching like it is a sport, right. where he is actively having his guys do something. I mean, I don't know Zeke Lau, and I don't know what Zeke Lau's personality is like, but I've never seen anything like that from you know, Zeke, uh, paddling circles around John, John brilliant move and clearly worked. Like he won. What's the whole point? The point is to win the event or I mean, win the, win the exchange and Zeke won the exchange against a far superior surfer. So right. Zeke through a little strategy tick, you know, took down a, a giant. And I don't know if that's not what coaching is for. I don't know what coaching is for. I, and totally. I know, I have no idea. Didn't we talked about this last time though, right? What about how Ross William, I mean, God bless him, but what the hell is he getting paid for if John John can't take a the best surf in the world can't take somebody circling you know paddle paddling right. circles around him? Right. Well, he helped John win a world title, a second world title. I mean, but, but John won the first one without him. Yep. So, so that's I mean that's I mean and, and and nothing against Ross. I just think that uh, no, I know. I just think that Jake's if I'm a exceptional surf if I'm a middle kind of surfer on the rise. I would pay Jake Patterson. I would go find Jake and beg him to be my, be my coach right now. Yeah, if you're going to rely on things other than strict surfing ability. Yeah, but the, yeah. I think I think there's only three people on tour who can rely on strict surfing ability. John right. John, Medina, and Philippe, I think, are the only ones who... Elo might be able to not, be in that exchange. I mean, I don't know on pure ability alone. Yeah. I don't know if he's quite there. Yeah. I think Philippe, Gabby, and John are the only ones who right. who that's all they need. To win, but clearly they need more even. Well, Jake, you're the snake, and I would argue the, the most disruptive coach on tour. Yep. I'm wondering if um, you said WSL may be threatening punitive fines for the surfer's behavior, the athlete's behavior. I had read that. I have no idea if that's true. I wonder if they're going to start uh, 
instituting rules about coaches' behavior as well. We know that they've thrown Gabriel Medina's dad and Felipe Toledo's dad out of the competitive area in the past. And and I think Charlie had to sit out. For, it was a chunk of time, right? It was like Multiple, three events or something. Yeah. Do you remember what it was even for? He was he. I think he just yelling at the judges. Okay. Or he might he may threaten have threatened death or something. There was some. I mean, yeah. but it was you know I think it was just all it was was verbal. At a certain point, I wonder if they're going to consider things like this as, you know, um, I don't know, a threat to their kind of image and things like that. For sure. I mean, I I feel that the WSL has already decided what it is, which is safe, family-friendly, fun, clean, you know, genuine sport. Uh, And I think that was a horrible decision to make then. And I think it reflects poorly every time they don't amplify exactly like you were saying the earlier drama. either yeah the drama yeah. either the shark drama or parking lot fights and i don't want the wsl to become the wwe or something fake i mean i think what the surfers do is you know is exceptional and not that what pro wrestlers do isn't exceptional but i just think that the the wsl has done a horrible job of of just stripping i mean they they've done a great job of stripping any any intrigue out and having it be a you know fairly bland draw i mean story that's all it is from the stinking commentators on down do you still watch peter king's tour notes ever i I don't did you ever i would uh when derek would put them on beach grit i would thumb through a couple yeah but i was never really the only ones that i liked uh were ones where there was any kind of controversy around it right Mm. where if somebody said something controversial in the tour note then i would watch it otherwise it just feels like a kind of older guy running around with his camera filming his younger guy friends. See, I did like it because I like to know the backstory of what's happening in between the heats and in the competitive area. And a lot of it was just fun. A lot of it wasn't controversial, but even still it provided more kind of context for me to appreciate the concept. Sure. The, I I'll totally agree there that I, I, the ones I did like, I wa- I just like the, the surface having fun too, like seeing how, yeah. seeing who's hanging out with who and who's enjoying who's company, etc. And sometimes they're watching a heat, uh, in the competitor's area and responding to an exchange or a judging call that was made or something. So that provided, again, context for me to appreciate the contest. Is, is two so, notes over? No, I think they okay, still good. do it. But I think Stab bought it for a little while and then the WSL bought it. So now it's like a WSL. It's only available through their platform. Okay. It was originally, so Peter King works for Hurley. It was originally a Hurley thing. Which that's when I liked it the most. Like yeah. that's when I, and I stopped watching once Stab got it clearly, but uh, the WSL I haven't seen, but I wouldn't be surprised. Is it just a, is it just like a cleaned up version of what it used to be? Like it's, a it's less similar interesting? to what it used to be. It's just not all Hurley surfers anymore. Okay. But it's, it's got the same feel. Little known fact, I make a cameo in episode one of Tour Notes. Fantastic. The very first one. I'm going to dig back in there and find it. I could send it to you. Because he started, Peter lived a mile from me in Huntington Beach. And so it started out with him just coming down to the beach and like filming with Sippo. Oh, Like yeah. when Sippo was still on tour. And it was just like a really low key thing. Sure. And so um, that day, yeah, we, I was on, we were all on the beach together when he started doing it. I don't even remember. It was called Tour Notes. Anyway, uh, I wonder, so that has become now, um, they give access, they allow access to certain, or if you're in the competitor's area, you have access to all these things. I wonder now if the WSL is going to restrict what you can do with that access. Peter, you get a pass because we approve of this thing and it's part of, it's a property of ours, this Tour Notes thing. 
But Jake, you filming something on your cell phone and then posting it on Instagram creates a risk for us. So now you got to sign this contract saying you can't we, post these things. We get or or that they get final say right. on anything right. that you have to run. You have to run anything around at or around an event through the WSL's media. Now thing. that now for me as a consumer, it's like oh god, now we're going down this path. Der- Derek wrote a funny sentence in a story posted yesterday. I think about how the WSL purposefully keeps the media. Uh, in a place where they're, they can guarantee that there's no accidental contact between surfers and media, which, I mean, I get having the locker room be being, you know, holy ground or whatever during the during the event. But come on, like at least like st- I mean, you, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, blah 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 blah. They yeah. get to go into the locker room after the game and interview the surfers and stuff. Yeah. Like it's, I will tell you, if you are. Uh, somebody who you know is at an event with a media credential and have no uh, special access. Yeah, no, no, you don't know anybody. You will not only will you not even get close enough to shout a question to the surfer. Uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. So to me, that's silly and clearly silly. You know what the problem is? Is I understand why they do. Why they make every decision they make. make I mean, why for they sure. realize that they have to quarantine them because Jake's going to do something like this. We all unfortunately grow our businesses to a point where you have to start making some of these terrible decisions, but it just sucks to see happen. It but sucks d- to be a fan of it. And but see it but you don't, I don't think. I told, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but to me, there's a, it's not like there's no sport league right now that's a shining example. And what it is, is the NBA. The NBA has done a fantastic job. I've mentioned before on the show, NBA was the first one. So when we, back at the start of Beach Crit, we would post WSL videos on our Facebook. Uh, the WSL would go tattle to Facebook. We would get barred from Facebook for a week at a time um, because we had posted WSL content. We right. didn't, weren't making fun of it. It was no. just a video. It was bringing them views. Right. It goes on to their view count, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, NBA let anybody in the entire world post NBA content on their social media. Uh, they completely like talk about the rivalries. They love it, right? I mean, when Kyrie Irving goes and plays for the Celtics, uh, now everybody's waiting for the LeBron James Kyrie. The announcers play it up. Everybody plays it up. The marvelous job, marvelous job the NBA does. And I I have no idea why the WSL is not looking at them instead of the fucking NFL for quarantining everything, controlling every bit of story narrative and making it a dull, dull piece of shit. Yeah, well... In response to our last conversation about Bells, where you said you lost interest in, in the event. Sure did. Because it was dull. A listener sent an email with some suggestions. He um, basically said, Trevor is his name. He's in New Zealand. He's, you'll appreciate this introductory uh, paragraph. The grid has taken a while for me to acquire a taste for, in, uh, particularly after the Chaz and Ashton debacle, debacle. However, I'm now on board. Despite Chaz not watching Bells, he had some very insightful comments regarding the WSL, many of which I concur with. There is no doubt that in the time-scarce society where the sports-slash-entertainment consumer has a bounty of options, a two-week window for the sport... Uh, that conceivably could have its first heat on day one and its last heat on day 14 in hope of maintaining fan engagement is real, really swimming against the current of societal trends. Add in the tedious commentary of pale, male, and stale team. Wow. We should bring Trevor. You want to write for Beach Grid? <laughs> 
Ronnie Blakey, who is fantastic, and Rosie, who is female. Other than those two, you have a tough sell. That's amazing. I love that Ronnie Blake is fantastic and Rosie is female. But he's exactly right, though. That's that's her only real winning characteristic. I mean, yeah, bravo. Yeah, and it's the reason why they have her on the team. Precisely. Like, oh, we need a female girl here, Rosie. Um, I would argue with you. I think Rosie is. Uh, she's no, she's great. She's, I think she's really smart. She's fine. I think she's thoughtful. Totally. But that's so. why she's there. Right. So he continues to say, "We have in New Zealand, we have a sport called cricket." which is, in its original format, is a five-day game between two nations that can actually end in a draw after the five days. The very hardcore traditionalists still love the five-day game. However, crowd attendance and TV viewership has dropped, so the sport has been forced to adapt and develop a number of new formats or product offerings, as they're known. Uh, There is now a one-day format, and more recently a three-hour format with lots of color commentary, music, action, and uh, the attendance has gone through the roof. Big crowds, huge broadcasting deals, big sponsorship, and large player salaries. Surfing's core product has become boring. Same boards, same turns, same athletes, similar waves, and the moments of brilliance and innovation are spread over potentially 14 days. Okay, so here's a few suggestions. What about, number one, including people's choice wildcards into the event? A legends wildcard. Imagine Sonny Garcia versus Zeke Lau at Bells Beach. I love it. And an alternative commentary team. I mean, Victor should be Trevor. the... Trevor, sorry. I, was, I still got Thomas Victor. I love... If I was Tom Carroll, I would have been Vic Carroll, I think. I would, have, I would have gone by my middle name. But anyway. It rhymes with Nick, his it, brother, it's too. Vic Parents and Nick. do that sometimes. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah Trevor, I, I 100% agree with all of it. What do you think Couldn't about, have said it better. Uh, what do you think about the um, alternative commentary team? I mean, the, the Vulcan Pipe Pros they do it. Exactly, they do. They do the other guys, and they do the, the standard one. And I think it's fantastic, right? I mean, where if you want real straight, play by play then you have this team if you want you know more because the the for the Vulcan Pipe Pro the other guys uh, which this year was Travis Frey and um, was it Chris Bins I think yeah uh, out of Australia and they weren't calling the action you could see the action but they were just having a conversation about surfing and and it would you know veer into what was happening in the water but they weren't like saying oh up and riding is such and such getting a such and such um and if that's what you want, I mean, I don't know why the WCL doesn't do that, quite frankly. It would be very, very easy to get a, and they don't even need to be at the event, right? I mean, you could no. get I've two, yeah, two or three interesting personalities in the Santa Monica, Santa Monica studio just to riff on surfing and then eventually kind of key into what's happening on screen. I've thought about hosting it. I mean, we thought about doing it from Beach Grit from the start. It's really, really hard, though. Uh, we tried one. Uh, it was actually Sterling Spencer and I tried it. Um how do you do it? You, there's no way to get the actual stream of the broadcast, which is what you need. No, you could do it now with Instagram Live and Facebook Live. But you know, ha- like to have, oh, just be, just be chatting and have somebody, so somebody could turn down their volume and yes. turn on there. I think people could um, watch you guys on their Instagram Live on their phone while they're watching the event on their computer. Okay. And yeah, silence the computer and just listen to you guys riff on the phone. Um, Technology has made it easier. I'm sure there is a way to do it. I, I've Let's never it. organized it because I don't really want to step on the WSL's toes that much. But let's you know? just let's do it and see how it goes. What we should do is do it for a final because we can't do eight hours no, a no, day no. like they do. Obviously, Sterling and I, Sterling and I did. did Sterling, I did really? a full eight-hour day. 
where was he in Florida? And you no, he he was living in uh, North County, San Diego That's at the time. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. and yeah, I don't know that it was, Sterling was good. I don't think I was any good, but it was it sure was fun. I know. I don't know that I could even do it. Like, I would like to be involved in commentary somehow. I feel like I could do that, obviously, based on us talking here. But I don't think I could pull off the eight hour thing. Let's okay. Well, let's do let's do this next final. Okay. Let's do the Rio final. I think it's like three a.m. our time. That's okay. We'll we'll figure it out. That's great. We'll we, yeah, we we would get yeah. We'll do one of them. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea. Maybe we'll do a little more. I guess the Vulcan Pipe Pro thing. I've I tried to tune into the other guys' co- broadcast. What I didn't like about it and why I didn't stick around with it was they're not watching. They're not calling enough of the event. Exactly. They should. I think they should call more of the event. Yeah. I mean, it should always go. The conversation should go around the the event or the heat in the water or whatever. Yeah. Um. But I don't. Yeah. I don't want it to just be guys talking about surfing. I want it to be guys calling the heat in the water, but also being able to bet beers on the broadcast and cuss and say what they really think. Exactly. That's what I want. I mean, it's yeah. So okay, we're in. All right, cool. Um, I got another email, and this one is going to land in your lap in terms of work to be done. But he said, a request. Would love to hear a robust revisit on the topic of CT surfers' hairstyles. Mm. All the surfers have new official 2018 WSL headshots uh, on their heat charts displayed and some of the broadcasts on you know the uh, events. These headshots reveal some intriguing changes and choices in surfer hairstyles and facial hair since 2017. For example, Chloe Andino has lost his rooster look goatee. Wilco has shorn his locks and looks like he could be a guitar player in an 80s uh, retro new wave band. Seabass has let his hair grow out in a uh, follicular expression of his inner spare thumb shaka. You know nice. he has a spare course, thumb, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, surely a breakdown of what all this means is imperative. Definitely. We did a, I don't know if you remember at the very start of Beach Girl, we had the hair power rankings. That's why he's asking for a new one. I totally, I'm sorry that I forgot about it. And 100% it'll be up tonight. Okay, good. I'll send you some of the best photos. The, the three that he mentions are good. Jordy Smith's is oh, also amazing. Jordy Smith. I mean, to me, the biggest loser like the <laughs> of this year is Wilco. Wilco's like mom bob. Uh, is it's so horrible. Good. It's so good. His face too in I, the photo looks like they caught yep. him off guard. Yep. Like he's all surprised <laughs> with his eyes open. It's yeah. really good. Uh, definitely. I'm sorry that I let that slip. We we should do one at least every other year. Yeah, I agree. I still get lots of emails and DMs about um, hair care based on our previous conversation. It was an important conversation. It was. A buddy of mine went 10 days with no washing. And after the fifth day, he's like, dude, it is... My hair looks the best it's ever looked. Yep. It's maintenance free. He made it to ten days and then used some like sunblock that his hair, got in his hair. Yeah, got in his hair and it like was like a glue in his hair and he had to wash it out and he was livid. Yep. So I think he's back on the you, program. You can, hey, you can always start over. That's the thing. Um, his journey's a little harder than mine. I my journey was pretty flawless from the get go. Uh, Speaking of coaching, Jake Patterson, you wrote an article about coaching in lead up to the Olympics. And in it, in the article, you wrote, um, it's all a bald-faced money grab. I'm fine to talk about the article, but I want to talk about your use of bald-faced. Yeah. Isn't it bold-faced? Nope, it's bald-faced. Why, though? I think so. I think it's because... I, 
I looked uh, it up on the internet. You, you can find anything to support your own side you, of an argument. Sure can. That's the problem. But I thought it was always bold faced. Uh, bold faced would even make more sense. But I think it's one of those ones that is. Uh, let me see here. Bald faced, shameless, and undisguised. Bare faced. Yeah. So it's bald faced. I mean, that's that would be the reference with nothing covering your face, right? Okay. It's it's shame that you're not you're not or you have no shame about it something you're doing that you should have shame your face should be covered with at least shame, shame. and it's not it is bald bald yep huh mm-hmm I'm not convinced barren a barren faced yeah we um i would like to get to the bottom of this bald, bald, bald face is 100 percent legit bold faced is a, a bad aberration of bald faced that's what's that's what's happened there so while I'm actually now inclined to believe you because when I looked up bold-faced, it was in reference to text. Exactly. Right? And text hasn't been around as long it's as bald-faced speaking. It, there's, I'm, I'm, there's a couple of these. I've, I can't remember the other one. There's a couple, though, where the, the original sounds weird, and the one that's really closely related sounds like it makes a lot of sense, and so yeah. that's the one that becomes... But that's the great part about the English vernacular, right? Is Or American vernacular, at least, is that... Uh, things can come in like that. And bold-faced may eventually be the standard, right. but bald-face is the original. Which I hate to see happen. Yeah. Uh, like I, you're the one you're that a we, purist. The one, I am. The one that we talked about, I just hate when we all pander down to the lowest common sure. denominator as a society, and that becomes our standard. But I will say, though, that, that it's also what, as a linguist, as a master's of arts in ling- applied linguistics even, uh, that's what makes American English way fun is because there's no academy French and everything they have they keep the language the way it is uh, and if something is going to get changed has to go through a whole process American English is just as fluid as so you know someday bold-faced will be and that'll be fine and then it'll change maybe from bold-faced to something else you can say it's what makes American language fun I don't care about fun fun's only part of the the equation it's also what makes America what makes the Kardashians rule America right now? Like Donald Trump, our president. You know what I mean? And God like bless fast it all. food being the number one. Like, I love it all. Yeah, it's I'm not sure. Idiocracy. Uh, it's very close. Um, one listener got uh, emailed me a long time ago, two years ago. I used the phrase chomping at the bit. Yeah, champing at the it's bit. It's actually champing at it the is. bit. It is, yep. Yeah. To champ. But you pronounce it chomping so that he was a, he was a dick. You don't you say champing. champing chomping? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. It's chomping at the bit, but it's just spelled C-H-A-M-P-I-N-G. It's not spelled, cha- you don't pronounce it champing at the bit. Good to know. You chomp at the bit, but it's C-H-A-M-P, not C-H-O-P. Well, then I, or O-M-P. because I just always figured like you either sound wrong when you say champing or you sound like a uh, elitist dick because they call you out and then you educate them if, on the origin if, of the word. If you said champing at the bit, I think, and I might be wrong here, but I don't think I am. If you said champing of the bit, what you would look like is somebody who had read the word and, but didn't actually know the word. Which is the worst of all. Exactly. Ideas. That's the saying champing is the worst. Saying chomping and spelling it like you chomp uh, is right. better. Right. I think. The most egregious one for me that we've talked about on air before is saying. Um, couldn't, care, couldn't care more. Or I mean. Less. Couldn't care less. Yeah. yeah. Saying I could care less yeah. instead Sorry. of I couldn't care less. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that I feel like has now taken over to where if you say couldn't, people think you're wrong. The best part of that one is it just makes no sense. And right. the, the other ones are just aberrations. That one makes zero sense. You don't have to know anything about the language to, to know, know it doesn't that make you're any wrong. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of other ones that I've had on my list for a long time, not those, but words that we really need to break down. Surf terminology that we need to break 
down and figure out where the origin is. Pig dog. Okay. In terms of a barrel stance. We're gonna we're gonna take these for to straight to Matt Warshaw. Okay. So pig dog. Pig dog. Check. I mean, but where freestyle? Where does that come from? Where could it possibly freestyle. come from? Freestyle. Okay. No, 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 not freestyle. I'm asking you to freestyle on the word. Pig oh, pig dog. dog. I would imagine that in Hawaii, the pig dogs, because they have pig dogs in Hawaii, right? And any pig dog. Yeah. They, okay. they hunt, they, you hunt pigs with dogs. I went on a pig hunt in Hawaii with a bunch of dogs. It's, it's in ama- the book. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing what they do with their dogs. Final chapter. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I would imagine that the, the dog uh, must get into a certain low stance at some point when he, maybe you're like running through underbrush um, to get the pig. Maybe he's down like gets super low to the ground. That's okay. what, that's what I'm going to guess on one foot on like one front paw, maybe with the other one tucked back, ready to maybe, but I, but I think that I, in my impression, when you pig dog a tube, really, I mean, it's okay. Maybe I'm wrong here. My impression of what a pig dog tube is, is backside just super low to the board and how you're getting super low is that way. But that's the only way a human can get super low without getting on your belly. The hand on the rail. The hand on the rail. And I mean, because there's no way you could... you could Squat without could, the hand. Exactly. I mean, unless okay. you were some crazy freak, right? The okay. hand is only uh, a necessary component of getting that low. Okay. All right. Well, we'll dig in. Matt Warshaw. Matt Warshaw. Um, the other phrase is Chinese wax job. Yeah. Chinese wax job is just good and straight up racist. Is I it? Think. No, I think it's probably that China from here is on the other side of the world. And so you're waxing the other side of the board. Bingo, bango. That's what I would say. Okay. But it might just be straight up racist that Chinese people are stupid and don't know what they're doing. <laughs> See, because I thought about that too. It sounded racist initially. And I was like, well, it's not even, there's nothing. Yeah. I, we, but I, we, I can't draw that, but we should call it a Korean wax job though. Why or that? a Japanese wax job. Why? Why China? Because when you, that's the reference. Whenever you dig a hole, they're like, oh, you dig oh, into dig China. Oh, dig China. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, got to the bottom of that. Don't even need Warshaw. Real quick. No, done. But maybe I'm wrong with the pig dog. Uh, by the way, did we ever get Wiggly's, uh, no, Wiggly's and I, paddling style? We need his email address. I, yeah. Wiggly's. So Wiggly's paddling style. I mentioned it in the comments again, and he uh, gifted his to somebody else. Right. But I couldn't go. I couldn't find who he had gifted them to. I got to go back in the comments. So we're going to change the way we do this. Okay. Where now you're going to email me. I'm going to, you're going to email the winner. You're going to win. Then, so you have to listen to figure okay. out you won and then email Chaz at beach grit to claim your prize because it's too hard. Like, and I feel every time I go to our dear Negatron to ask for one of these guys, email addresses, I feel it's almost an invasion of their privacy. They're not, you know, okay. I, I mean, Negatron can find through your setup discus or discuss account your email address. But I always feel like, what if this guy doesn't want me to know his email address? Right. You know. So anyway, if you win and you want your prize, then email Chaz at beachcrit.com. Got it. Okay. Perfect. You're going to need to vet if it's actually the person sure. who left the comment. Definitely. I'll, I'll do. You can get ten people going. Hey, that was me. I'm happy to vet. And okay. if somebody is, if somebody really wants a pair of spies that badly, I'll also happily send them a pair of spies. Okay. Cool. Because. Um, Wiggly, I did see Wiggly's comment. He said he was going to give them to the guy in Northern California. Exactly. Which I wasn't sure is there's a guy, SoCal Gary. Yep. And then there's another Pacific North Pest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure who he was referring to. I don't either. Because both those guys leave very good, engaging, debate. Fantastic comments, both of them. And so, yeah, Wiggly, if you want to clarify, feel free. Otherwise, uh, yeah, today's winner, email chaz at beachgrit.com. So... I came up with two comments okay. that are going to be much easier to track down. Um, I've got one too. You've got one? 
I got to pull mine up. Do you have yours right now? I've got mine okay. handy. I was thinking we might owe a pair to Long Tom. Oh. Long Tom does such a phenomenal job with his write-ups. I mean, Long Tom is the greatest the greatest living surf journalist right now, I think. I think Long Tom as at a as at a peak of surf riding that that nobody's even near him quite frankly. Yeah, I I totally agree. His um these are just two of his captions. These ran as an excerpt on Beach Grits homepage, enticing me to click and open the article. Just one sentence. They're genius. Margaret River, day two, his quote says, it's like, hold on. His quote says, it's like watching patients with early onset dementia, lost and confused and uh, unable to find their way home. Amazing. That was his reference to the competitors at Margaret's day two. His reference for day three was, what works great as a live event sucks donkey dongs as a public product, as a broadcast product. Which is completely true and equally amazing. Which I think might be my favorite, actually. Day three, I think I prefer. Uh, This is from on the post titled Blood Feud, Pork Roll versus Spam Musabi. I'm familiar with the post. Yep. I went to New New Jersey and discovered... Uh, pork rolls for the first time, which I would think I was uh, corrected, but I don't know what else to call them. A pork roll sandwich. The the meat itself is called the pork roll, not the sandwich. Right. Uh, anyhow, uh, in New Jersey, they have a breakfast sandwich called, or I guess it could be any time really, called a pork roll uh, sandwich or something. That where it's uh, basically a spam like meat um, with egg and cheese, and it is absolutely fantastic. So I was wondering if it, which is better for a you know pork esque product is the spam musabi or the pork roll better. Uh, and there was some fun comments on that story, but the one that I love as uh, the winner, my personal winner, is from Kriegerand, uh, who says, "I'm not a surfer. I live in Philadelphia, where there are no waves or beach, though possibly plenty of grit, I suppose. To be honest, I wouldn't know, having had a relatively easy life and retired a multimillionaire in my late 20s." I'm just a rich 31-year-old with a penchant for stimulants whose excessive amount of free time is only outdone by his bank accounts. Why do I read Beach Grit? I enjoy the uncouth musing and that narcissistic megalomaniac Chaz and watching him cultivate his mystique amongst the small but vocal follow follow of group-thinking sycophants. I find it hilarious, for example, all of the talk about surfing going mainstream. It's only been, what, 60 years since the Beach Boys? I don't think you guys need to worry about your secret little counterculture being suddenly co-opted by the masses because newsflash, no one outside of surfers gives a fuck about surfing. It's less relevant than professional boxing, for fuck's sake. But acknowledgement of that fact would mean giving up the angsty elitist attitude that defines your very existence. And we can't have that, can we? I loved that comment. I thought about reading it on the show as well. What was shocking to me is the reply comment was, this is quite possibly the worst comment ever left on Beach Grit. Oh, yeah, no. It was a fantastic comment. I thought it was a great comment. Yeah, and great it had comment. zero upvotes. Oh, I, I need to upvote it then. Here yeah, okay. Upvoted right now, buddy. I agree. He earned himself a pair of spies. I mean, that was that was a fantastic totally. analysis of uh, not only what surfers are and Beach Grit. So I don't, like, the being a multimillionaire, 30-year-old in Philadelphia, like, I don't know what's obviously what's true or what's not true in that comment. Yeah. Um, that part seemed unnecessary. But his, his uh, cutting direct grouchy analysis of what surfing is was yeah i i stand and applaud and his making fun of you yeah totally good comedy totally i agree the millionaire part i wasn't sure if he was setting up a joke or trying to be like some character or maybe and or maybe he really is that i have no idea why would you say it 
it's yeah, weird, right? Strange, but yeah, but but it was so I don't know. To me, uh, as a little narrative device, it was nice because it intrigued me. Okay. Um, and then I was intrigued and also uh, castigated at the same time. Yeah, I like well, that. I, I liked it a lot. I argue he wins. Long Tom will get you a pair down. Oh, the road. oh, Long Tom will get it. Long Tom gets a pair. I'm going to send Long Tom a pair just okay. just to get Long Tom in a pair of spy sunglasses. Okay. Long Tom needs to be happier too. There Don, you go. So donkey the donks. spy uh, spy oh. sponsor. Go Wait, I'm not going to send Long Tom a pair of sunglasses. Why? I think Long Tom's genius is right now. I mean, he is riding at a genius level. Oh. What if the spy lens makes him too happy? And all of right. a sudden we get sunshine and rainbows coming out of Long Tom. We do not want to disrupt. I'm not touching Long Sorry, Long Tom. Once you're done being, well, like once your blue period is over yeah. and you're riding crap, then you get a pair of spies. Maybe we get him a pair of spies without the happy lens. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. That's what Long we Tom gets. We could do that. But even that might instigate a little bit of happiness in him just from receiving the gift. Okay. No, no spies. Yeah. No spies no for spies. long time. <laughs> no spies. Keep riding. Uh, so spy obviously uh, supports this show and they have the happy lens, which lets the good light in blocks the bad light out. So the grumpy commenter on beach grit gets a pair of spies. Spyoptic.com though is where you go. If you want to buy a pair and guess what Chaz, I told you last time we're giving away one year gift memberships to the Surfrider Foundation in honor of Earth Day this month for anybody who uses our promo code, which is podcast. So buy a pair of sunglasses or goggles. Use the promo code podcast. By doing that, you support this show directly, and then you will get a gift membership to the Surfrider Foundation. An unreal deal. Unreal deal. Everybody wins. You yep. win, we win. The Earth wins. Spy wins, and the Earth wins. Everybody wins, except for Long Tom. He doesn't win nothing. No, Long Tom. Uh, so he also got cut out of a bunch of days of writing based on the market. Yeah, I know. So that was why I was angriest at the WSL. Thankfully, you don't have to worry, nor does anybody else who listen. Uh, we got Long Tom all year. He is our locked-in tour guy all year long. Awesome. So every event will be covered by the fantastic Long Tom, except maybe Lamore or something that's so off his schedule in terms of sleep that I might have to pick up one or two. But yeah, Long Tom is our guy. You can just take a stance and abandon the wave pool altogether. Oh, I'm not. I'm yeah. I'm not going up there. Are you going? No, up? I mean, don't even cover the event. Oh yeah. Just be nice, you know. But abandon what, it. But what if it sucks? Then it'd be fun to cover. Okay. All right. I'll leave it up to you guys. Leave it up to the <laughs> professionals. Yeah. Um, before we get into barrel or not to close out the show, I did want to ask you about the Stephen Cohen articles on Beach Grit. You wrote a story about. Um, it was basically you. Do you want to go ahead and tell it? You can I mean, probably tell sure. It yeah, later. I was poking around yesterday and saw, or day before, I guess, before I was, right before the plane took off for home from New Jersey, saw that Stephen Cohen. Is that how it's pronounced? Cohen, Cohen. Is it Stephen or Stefan? Ste- it's got to be Stephen. I'm pretty sure it's Stefan. The Cohen part, I think you're right on. Okay, Stefan Cohen. Stefan Cohen <laughs> uh, was apparently arrested. Alleged. I mean, he was arrested. Um, in Kauai, there's those devastating floods out there, a lot of rain. Whole Island has had a lot of problems. So there was people that needed to be uh, evacuated. And he has a boat. He's a fisherman, self-proclaimed pirate, the uh, article said, that was in the Washington Post, which said he was arrested for allegedly basically extorting people that he was saving, taking them out to sea, and then demanding 200 bucks so they get taken back to the shore. Um, so I read the article and seemed like perfect beach grip fodder. So I, I mean, I didn't 
really get into it. I just more or less put the Washington Post story up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Derek yesterday called Dustin Barca and got Barca's side of the story, who Barca and Stefan are good friends. Right. So I have a couple of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, the Washington Post, you know, I thought um, probably, I would imagine they vet their articles. And sure. so what they're saying is they're just reporting the facts that he was arrested, not implying whether or not. Yeah. It was actually extortion. Just yeah, no, there was there was there was no implication that it was true or not. It was just that they were just reporting the fact that there was rumors that somebody was doing this, and then Kauai police arrested Stefan. Right, Derek's article, the follow-up article, I felt was almost an apology for the first article. I feel like Derek posting Dustin Barca's chiming in on what his friend did when Dustin wasn't even there. It's not like Dustin was in the boat and was like, no, 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 I saw the whole thing. That's not what happened. Dustin is just like, no, Steph wouldn't do that. Steph, what he really did was they told people that they would have to chip in for gas. And then once they got the boat out there in the middle of the ocean, he said, all right, who's chipping in for gas? And everybody was totally okay paying. And then two tourists were like, I'm not paying. Why should we have to pay? And then they went to the police and the authorities. And I I feel like, yeah, Derek was posting that as an out, like, hey, if we didn't get all of our facts straight, this gives us an out to say, sorry for pointing the finger at Stefan in the first article. And I'm going, no, Dustin wasn't there. Dustin's not an authority on this. I think so. I think Derek talked to Stefan too, uh, but Stefan was advised by lawyers, uh, like, don't say anything right now or whatever, the standard. Um, I think, so... uh, I guess I have a little different because I thought, okay, this is a Washington Post story. You know, I'm sure it's, it is what it is, right? But there's always, always another side. And in Hawaii, there's all definitely always another side. So I thought it was helpful to get Dustin's opinion. What's the truth? Uh, we will definitely see because the thing I assume will go to trial and or, you know, something I he got arrested. So there's some record of what actually happened and this record will come out. So to me, this is an ongoing story. This is what the allegation is this is what barca says what's the truth right we're so we're not to the truth yet uh but we have two options yeah so that's why i thought i thought i thought derek's is really important because again reading the story uh it's and they don't mention stefan's name till the very end of the story right like it's a story about this extortion happening and i mean first it's about the damage that's being or has been done to Kawhi. then it's about this whole extortion story the very end you get to police arrested stefan cohen and two other men uh that had allegedly or or under you know for that thing um so but it, it just seemed it seemed a bit strange to me, the whole thing Absolutely. smacked a bit strange, and so I'm, I was interested to hear Barca's opinion on it because I don't know that that's not true, right? Maybe it is. Well, I think the the police can very easily vet the facts because they just have to interview the tourists who are on that boat, and the tourists the other say, "Yes, they told us we would be paying for this before we got on the boat, or not." Completely, but the, but uh, I don't necessarily know that they, and you know, again in the story. Or in the comments, and then I think, uh, I don't know if Barca mentioned it, but I, I, he must have, that uh, there's rumors that the police are mad, or somebody was mad, or local interests are mad at Steph, and can we just call him Steph? What, Steph yeah. Curry? That Steph Curry uh, did, or, or was running a unlicensed charter thing that was right. taking money away from some other bigger charter, so it's this, it was a way for some bigger company or bigger interest to, to slap back, something like that. Yeah. It's Hawaii. Though. Yeah. So you never know. Like 
that all of it could be true and it could also none of it could be true and it could be exactly as it appears that he took people tried to save people and then tried to extort them when he got out to see but he's also the the part i mean i yeah i don't know it's but i think that Cohen has a young child and stuff like that. It, it just seemed like a strange thing to do, like to extort people. And maybe it wasn't extortion. Maybe he went and got a bunch of rich people and they clearly could pay and they were just being lazy. Maybe they didn't evacuate when they should have. He's out there burning gas, doing what he's you know, trying to help and they're, they're being bastards. It's for the police to really sort out. Uh, the funny th- or the reality is I don't think, I think that there's some version where he doesn't set out as I'm an extortionist and I'm going to go make a bunch of money right now. But there is a part where those tourists say, we will pay any sum of money to get out of this position. And you as an opportunist go, well, I got a boat. I'll help you get out of this position. But but you don't sort out the details in advance. Sure. Then you end up, maybe it was done. They said out in the middle of the ocean, he, Turned off the, took him out there, turned off the motor, and then said, all right, you each owe me the 200 bucks a person. So I don't know if it was that cut and dry. I think there's some version in the middle. I, I mean, I could also totally see, personally, having a boat, being working hard, right? Because I think he had been out doing stuff for like the five days, you know, bringing food and water or whatever. I could see being like exhausted, working really hard. You go get these rich tourists from somewhere. Uh, you get them out to see and say, hey, look, I've been working my ass off here. Could you guys chip in 200 bucks, each of you, like yeah. for, for gas or whatever? And they're rich and snobby and being dicks and then saying, okay, fine, dick then if you don't want to chip in for gas, I'm taking you straight back. I could right. see right. easily, again, I'm a hothead, but losing my cool and just saying, fuck you rich bastards who yeah. come to this island and you have all the money in the world and you're not going to you know, chip in for gas. So again, it's Hawaii and I see, I don't think it's because he got arrested. He is in the wrong. That's what I, that's what I, I think Dustin's uh, impression while equally not law and you know right. equal, equally suspect um, is an interesting counterpoint to uh, the Washington Post story. Yeah, I. The police will have to sort this one out, and we'll get it. That's the thing. He got arrested, so that there there will eventually be some record as to what exactly happened. He'll either get exonerated, it'll go to trial, and he'll be guilty, or yeah. he'll go to trial and he'll be not guilty. There's going to be something. Well, um, for anybody who's interested in uh, helping with the crazy flooding situation, Laird Hamilton's wife, Gabby Reese, posted. Um, she's organizing basically collections via a GoFundMe. So I'll post a link to that on SurfSplendorPodcast.com. It's called. Um, friends of Hanalei, I believe is what it is. Backslash superfood backslash surf the earth. <laughs> it's a couple backslashes. Um, but crazy situation. It's wild. I mean, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yep. All right. Chaz, want to close out with barrel or not? Let's do it. All right. Barrel or not shaving your chest. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pig dog that you don't always make it out of. I'm going to go in between. It's a half-half because I think guys who regularly shave their chest is no-no, but not letting your chest grow into a giant jungle and shaving it, you know, twice a year, I think that's appropriate. Why not just groom it? How do you groom it? I've never found a product that can, I've never tried. And maybe if a listener has a good tool that they like to use, I've never had an electric or other tool. I only either shave or don't, right? Like I use a razor or I use nothing. I go uh, regular Clippers? scissors. Oh, you do? Scissors and just trim. Really? Yeah. Wow. That seems hard. 
Yeah, it's not the fastest process, but it's effective. The problem is uh, mine gets scraggly and they'll like come out the neck of oh, my yeah. shirt. Yep. So it's like I'll just trim where is potentially going to be seen by other humans. Why don't you shave? Too itchy. itchy I've, I shaved once when I was like 18 years old and just putting a t-shirt on mm-hmm. became abrasive and the seatbelt going across my chest was like agony. Want me to give you a little a little helpful hint? I'm not a, sure. A lot like un, not washing your hair. You've yeah. just got to shave more than once. Oh, or really? you have to shave a couple times. Like your all of it, your skin gets used to it, I think. Of okay. like that first time you do it, it like really burns and is is uncomfortable, but after that I think your skin toughens up and yeah, I've, you know, I'm not a regular chest shaver, but I have from time to time. Uh and yeah, there's no annoyance. Okay, good to know. If you, if you do I'll, it somewhat regularly, yeah. Because I got, I got to say, like grooming, all barrel. Sure. Like making yourself presentable, and you actually feel better. Of course. You know what I mean? Of course. Like grooming, I'm all for it, but full on shaving, I'm going nah, just because. But I'm going to reconsider, and then I'll come back and adjust. I'm going small barrel. I just, I think that shaving every day is a waste of time, or oh, yeah. like that's silly, and you look silly. I think you look just like a bodybuilder or whatever. Right. But I think save, shaving occasionally is a barrel. First of all, who's got time? I don't know. Okay. I don't even shave my face. Like I'll no. shave once a week. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. We'll, uh, so is that officially a barrel or not? I'm going to, I'm going to go. If it's a binary decision, I'm going barrel. Okay. I'll go. Nah, temporarily. All right. Barrel or not. Number two, fast food. Uh, fast- this is in relation to your spam versus uh, pork roll conversation. I say fast food is a full on barrel. Uh, but you know, very not not often like okay. i think what what's your uh protocol what's your policy on fast food um my policy on fast food is when you're driving uh it's you know the only option that's what you do that's what you do um when you're around home is pretty much a nah but every once in a while i'll go get a western bacon cheeseburger from carl's jr or a whatever the new cheesy melty gordita whatever thing from taco bell so how, how once in a while. often is Every so often. Oh, like once every seven weeks. Okay. Yeah. And what is the result of doing that? Do you feel, does your body process it well or? No, you, you feel exactly like you should feel when you eat fast food. You feel kind of vaguely crappy, but not enough to be super bummed. Just like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I feel that you know exactly how you're going to feel when you eat it. Okay. You're eating the thing. You think this is going to make me feel pretty crappy, but that's the... That's the you know penalty for this delicious thing. Is there a? There's obviously a fast food hierarchy of what is okay. Like In and Out is almost not even fast. It's food. funny that people don't consider it fast food, but I. I but reckon it's, it's fresher, healthier ingredients. You Maybe. know, it's like not frozen, yeah. whatever. Um, is there? What's the bottom rung for you? Like, what is almost no go fast food? Oh, uh, Wendy's. Really? Yeah, I won't. I like. I've had so many stomach cramps from Wendy's that. Yeah. It's no go. I can't even remember eating at Wendy's. Yeah, Wendy's I'm is, sure that I have. I feel Wendy's is really bad. I loved, there was a tweet I saw a long time ago where it was somebody um, was chastising Wendy's on Twitter and they're just like, yeah, you guys make square hamburgers. That's so unnatural. I'll never eat at Wendy's. And then Wendy's replied back and they're like, right, because the round portion of the cow is so natural. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. The round patty comes right out of the tenderloin. That is awesome that they responded. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going not on fast food, but I have a dilemma with fast food. Mm. 
over the years, I've gravitated towards a lot healthier lifestyle than I was grown up than I grew up with. To the point where I actually just crave healthy food now. You sure. know, like if if I could have anything in the world, it would not for breakfast. It wouldn't be a donut. It yeah. would probably be a healthy option. So, um, but what I found is that now I can't even handle the slightest bit of grease or something that's, that's the bad problem. For me. That's the problem with going of going full retard on yes. the health is that you you have to inoculate. I'm a big believer in inoculation in general, yeah. where you always have to inoculate. And so my once every seven or six or whatever it is week, Carl's Jr. Burger helps inoculate me for the time when okay i'm traveling in some third world country and the only thing to eat yeah. is greasy cow or greasy goat yeah then i'm fine the once every seven weeks is you're skinning your knee yep so that you don't go into preschool and be the kid who can't have peanuts or exactly something. yeah i yeah because now i'm at the point where it's like if i'm in that driving situation in the middle of nowhere late at night and I have to get McDonald's or the only thing that's you're gonna, open, you're going to get wrecked. I have three days of like t- feeling terrible. My yep. brain doesn't function the next yep. day. It's a nightmare. Nope. Kid, you so, go after start after this, after we're done today, go stop by uh, Taco Bell mm. and eat like half a, half a taco, half get, a taco, get a little inoculation okay. in there. Okay. I like it. All right. I'll develop a strategy and I'll report back. Great. Uh, barrel or non number three hair pulling. As in a fight? This is an open-ended. Or as in sexual? Or as open-ended. in... Um, it, we usually try to have something sexual related in the barrel or not. Sure. But this also comes in light of the hair-pulling incident that we had uh, two weeks ago on Instagram with a surfer in Newport Beach oh, pulling the guy down. Complete, that was amazing. Yeah. Can't believe so, we didn't talk about that. Uh, so hair-pulling just in general. I'm going to say hair-pulling in general is an awe. Nah. Yep. Okay. What about you? I'm 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 into it, but that particular incident incident on Instagram was the biggest nah I've ever seen. That was a pretty bad incident. It was very bad. <laughs> I'm apprehensive to even no, direct you to his account. Uh, like, or, or to like tell people what account it yeah. is because I don't want him to gain any additional follower attraction yep. based on that incident. Yep. It was a an absolute embarrassment. Yep. A shocker. Total shocker, which will be on Barrel or Not in the future, by the way. Uh, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Barrel or Not number three, wetsuit neck tan lines. The biggest barrel outside of Trigium you can have. Really? Yep. Okay. Why? To me, it just the, the barrel, I mean, the neck tan line thing says I'm a surfer. I'm a real surfer as much as Trigium or almost as much as Trigium, and that's it. Like, it really marks you as you sacrifice uh, basically everything good in your life to do this thing. Trigium actually creates a health concern, whereas this, I think, is just an aesthetic. But is So it's almost better. I've read Trigium is, uh, like, eventually maybe you'll have to get them cut out. I mean, but I think it's not really that bad. It doesn't block... I think it's a little uncomfortable. Okay. It's like a, you know, itchy red... You know, you look stoned all the time, etc. But yeah. yeah, doesn't hinder your vision. Trigium in the upcoming Cocaine Plus Serving a Love Story, I really go deep on Trigium and how amazing they are. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, wetsuit neck tan lines. I think I don't surf as much yeah. anymore to even have one, or it's maybe I just surf in the mornings when there's not a lot of sun. But when I was in high school, I had a pretty solid one, and I was lived. 
30 minutes from the beach. So um, not a lot of other surfers in high school. It was kind of my identifying marker. And all the other kids called me Maybelline. Great. Like the makeup company. Because yeah. you'd see chicks sometimes like in high school who were just learning how to put makeup on where their face would be one color and their neck would be pasty white because they didn't know how to blend it in or whatever. And so then they all made fun of me as if I was wearing makeup. That's a, that's a, the neck tan line is the badge of honor kids. Yeah, I agree. All right, cool. Barrel. I'm barrel on that as well. All right, Chaz, anything else that we need to discuss this week? I think we've, pretty much did it this show i think we hit it out of the park like we always do i mean pretty much you know? a 10 out of 10 always you know i would, would like to bring jake patterson though for some coaching tips on how to make a better podcast i would like him to personally coach me on things i can do uh it'll be all aggressive based tactics i love that yeah i, I, I want to be paddling around you next show um is there anything happening on Beach Grit that listeners should be aware about? Uh, we got the wetsuit thing will be up and coming. Look, look out for that. Um, I don't think there anything specific. Anything betting? I saw there is the head, yeah William Hill, but it was the most depressing thing in my entire life. Where we did a we did Beach Grit did a deal with an Australian uh, sports betting company, or I guess just betting company in general. And I thought this is awesome because we'll get it. Uh, you get like whatever it is, $150 if right. you spend 50, whatever it is. But I was just thinking, I've always hated fantasy surfing. I don't do fantasy sports in general. Fantasy surfing seems like the biggest waste of time ever. But the funnest thing ever is to be sitting next to a buddy and actually, you know, throwing money down on heats. It's fun. It's engaging. It's you. The banter is fun about it. The whole thing is fun about it. Um, and so I thought this is going to be perfect because we'll have people betting on beach grit. Uh, and then you can, everybody can get in the comments and chat about it and everybody can, you know, challenge each other. Like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. You like this guy so much, you know, I'll t I'll take you for 10 bucks, you know, click on the margin and let's just go do it. And we'll screenshot our winnings or, or losings, whatever until that's what I thought, thought it's amazing. think it is amazing. And I told Derek, okay, this is going to be awesome because then can't you just throw your IP from America to Australia and participate and apparently you can't apparently it's so regulated and locked oh. down there's no way there's no sneaky way that i know of maybe a listener knows but i've asked around and i've been told flat out that it is a giant wall you just can't do it got you, it you cannot you cannot throw your ip you cannot do anything to be able to yeah bet on those sites bummer huge bummer I feel mm. really bad. I, not barrel. No, it's a, so yeah, not being able to bet on surfing in America is the biggest not barrel. Yeah. I, I don't know why we can't, but apparently we can't till that day. Bummer. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, beachgrid.com, everything that we discussed in this episode will be on there. And, uh, obviously leave comments in the comment section, leave grumpy comments. They can't just be grumpy for the sake of being grumpy. I noticed a couple people trying to do that on our last episode. Uh, they have to be clever, witty and in relation to whatever it is that's and, being discussed and best really eviscerating like yes. for, for my money those are the ones i look for is some way that you really take somebody down or something down on such a progressively grouchy level that it becomes like art like you burn the thing beyond recognition like when a mullet called or omelet called me a cancer exactly that was mean yep um, and then, of course, spyoptic.com, promo code podcast. They're the ones supporting that effort for you to win sunglasses. And then also, again, you get free gift membership to Surfrider Foundation. So do that. That's only for the month of April, though. So get that in for the month of April. And then surfsplendorpodcast.com. I'll have everything that we discussed in this episode and so much more. And a complete access to 200-plus past episodes archived. <laughs> 
with uh, all the luminaries in surfing. And then Chaz, you're at Reports from Hell. Reports from Hell, and as always on BeachGrid.com. All right, and you can get me on at Surf Splendor. And until next week, thanks to Album Surf for hosting us. Beautiful, beautiful showroom. Until next time, get barrel. <laughs>